Welcome uh, to the Raz Blitz Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bowie. Joining me, as always, we have Zach Robinson. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I was initially really hyped up for this late night podcast uh, because we all agreed at 9 p.m. And for those of you that don't know, the best time to record a podcast is like super late at night because by the end of it, Matt gets really, really tired and just like, <laughs> I think just goes from like, you know, balls to the walls, let's talk football to I don't care, Zach, what you have to say about, you know, Rod Smith. But, you know, oh, we're here. Uh, a lot has happened today. Big news day for Reed Cashmania. Oh, man. Reed. Yeah. Reed. Yeah, yeah. Joining us, as always, is Reed. You know, Reed, you know, screw, Reed, man. Screw the no, intro. Zach, screw the yeah, intro, Zach Reed. Just, right. just get right into it, man. What do you think about Tyrod Taylor? Okay, so I guess the news, in case people somehow were living under a rock today and missed it, the Bills have benched Tyrod Taylor, and Nathan Peterman, is, who is the fifth-round pick of the Bills this last season, or last draft, is going to be starting for them when they play at the LA Chargers this week. Also, I guess an injury note, Philip Rivers is probably going to play, so that saves me a little piece in the injury report. One, one could argue that Philip Rivers' season has just been one big concussion, though. Yes, it has been. But I guess since I'm the Bills Mafia uh, honoree here, and this is a Bills issue. I guess let's talk about it. Um, I watched a couple of the uh, national, I watched a couple of ESPN segments. I watched a couple of NFL network segments. And I feel like while most of them were pretty consistent, a lot of it was, what are you doing? You're five and four. You're in the, you're in the wild card spot right now that the playoffs started today. He doesn't turn the ball over. I can't tell you how many times I've seen 10 touchdowns to three interceptions. Um, he's uh, one of four quarterbacks to have at least 10 touchdowns with less than three interceptions. And I keep citing Brady, Rodgers, and um, Alex Smith is the other one saying, they keep saying he's like Alex Smith, but Alex Smith has the pieces put around him and Tyrod doesn't. Um, our fantasy hockey editor, Al Vizbisky is probably going to start screaming, even though he's not even on this call. We tried, I, to get him. we tried to get him. When I sit here and try and tell you that I don't buy that argument at all, um, if you want to argue that this offensive coordinator, Rick Dennison, has done a terrible job designing a system for Tyrod, okay, I can buy that argument. That, that one is completely fair. But does that argument really mean that Tyrod should stay the starter? Because I don't think I can draw that conclusion. If you're if you're arguing the system isn't good for Tyrod, okay, fine. What's what's easier to do? Completely change the system up, or change the quarterback? And to me, I I don't really know how anyone could argue the first. Um, I don't hate this move. I think, A, it shows a lot of brass balls on McDermott to make this decision right now, which, good God. Um, I think and I think the person who had it best was uh, Anthony Benoit, or Andy Benoit, Andy Benoit of, uh, I think he's Sports Illustrated, or... Yeah, Monday Morning Quarterback, Monday morning quarterback. with uh, Peter King. Yes, and he made the argument two weeks ago 
that he would really expect Nate Peterman, Nathan Peterman, sorry, he prefers to go by Nathan, um, to be the starter by the end of the year for the Bills. And this was two weeks ago he made this claim, and that was before the Jets game. He made that argument because there's no actual t- statistic, there's no raw number to prove this, but if you put on the tape and you watch the All-22, which is, you can even, you're behind the set, you're behind you're looking at the play from the view of the quarterback. The amount of throws that Tyrod Taylor doesn't make mm-hmm. is absolutely astonishing. Um, there's the uh, old Michael Scott quoting Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, and I will go back to this. Uh, they, uh, everyone keeps saying Tyrod doesn't turn the ball over. Great. He also doesn't ever put himself in a situation to turn the ball over, i.e. throwing a ball into a tight window. That throw is never made by Tyrod. If that was uh, anticipation throws, very rarely ever thrown by Tyrod. If that receiver isn't wide open, he ain't throwing that ball. Well, that's what He's Dirk Cutter on. wants to make. That's what Dirk Cutter wants to make Jameis Winston, but it'll take away from who Jameis Winston is. And I, I right. So, I'm right along with you. I wish that Tyrod would throw the ball. Right. And I think at this point, if I'm if I'm guessing what happened, McDermott on Sunday said there was uh, Tyrod was a starter, which of course old takes exposed or freezing cold takes had an absolute field day with, which is it's a great account. A great account. Justifiable too. My guess is he spent the last two days looking he spent Monday and Tuesday looking at tape. And he's seeing all of these, he sees the tape on Monday, all of these open receivers down the field, which I haven't looked at the all 22 yet. I'm, but I'm going to bet that there were a ton of receivers that were open down the field that Tyrod didn't go through his progressions fast enough, didn't make those reads, didn't throw the ball, held onto it too long. And then the receivers were no longer open. And then he probably, after Monday, said, well, hold on a second. How long has this been going on? Puts back on the tape from all the other games on Tuesday and realizes, holy shit, this has probably been going on most of the year. And th- like this has to change. This offense looked terrible. The last two weeks has been abysmal. And frankly, most of this year, this offense has not been explosive. It hasn't gotten the ball down the field. And when Tyron Taylor is holding onto the ball too long and teams aren't afraid of him throwing it, man, they're just putting nine in the box and saying, okay, well, LaShawn McCoy can't beat us now. Has the run blocking been great? No, it hasn't. But no one's respecting the run on this team. I keep hearing arguments, well, Tyrod's a dual-threat quarterback. He's been trying to play as a packet, uh, well, packet, uh, pocket passer this entire time. No, run a, run like a bootleg, run of like a read option. If they spent three drives with Tyrod Taylor solely running the read option and optioning into a pass every now and then, I guarantee you they would have had more success. But that's not the way the offense is built. And it to me, I actually don't hate the move, but I know that there are some people saying, oh, well, they're going to miss the playoffs. I don't think any of the games they've won this year were because of Tyrod. And no, it was. And that's the. It's difference. because of big defensive plays late in yeah. the game. And that's the thing. Like you can argue, oh well, you want that mediocre quarterback play. Did like what games did Tyrod win you? 
So yeah, it definitely wasn't the Bucks game, which is the one. It wasn't the Bucks game. It was it was the turnovers. It was the runs. Mm-hmm. That's what won that game against the Bucks. But the my big exposure to Tyrod besides the Jets Thursday night game was um, was the Bucks game, and he's super elusive in the pocket. Like he's just missing one or two key ingredients from being like a legitimate playoff quarterback. Now. I'm thinking, and I'm not the only one, like, people on Twitter are thinking of this, too. Um, if he links up with Bruce Arians in Arizona next year with David Johnson and some of the pieces they have going on on that offense, I think Tyrod can be a really good quarterback and get yes. the Cardinals right back into right back into um, contention. I so, agree. But, yeah, it's... He had he has to make changes though if he's ever going to be that quarterback. And you know the argument from the Bills fans um, that are pro Tyrod that are saying that it's not the right offense for him. They're right, but you are right by saying that they should not change the offense. You you can't do that nine games into the season to fit one player when you're putting eleven players on the field. I think part of it too though, if I'm an offensive coordinator. You're and I'm or a Bills fan or literally any human being watching the Bills Saints game. That team is down thirty to three. You have third down in like fifteen or something in the third quarter. Tyrod's throwing a four yard check down to Mike Tolbert. At, at no point is he just saying, Well, if we don't score on this drive, it's over. I'm going down the field. And the argument after the game was the coverage forced Tyra to throw it underneath to Mike Tolbert. Well, that's just a lack of game aware, situational awareness. You, it does the interception there. Who gives a shit? You have to make that throw. You have to take that chance. And if you're not willing to take that chance down 30 to three in the third quarter, like, what are you doing? I guess to me, there was, it's a mentality impact. Listen, Tyra Taylor could make anybody miss in a phone booth. I think if he goes to Arizona, somewhere like Arizona, hooks up with uh, Bruce Arians, and they f- show him, look, you have these speedy options on the outside. If Larry Fitzgerald plays so he's 1,000 years old, you still have old reliable there to throw the ball to. Just trust, just trust the routes and make the throws. The problem is... It's a mentality thing. Tyrod's not making the anticipation throw. And I don't know how much in terms of throwing the ball or how much coaching can impact a quarterback's um, ability to go from not making anticipation throws to making anticipation throws. Well, I mean, going back to Jameis a little bit, uh, I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks at all this year. But, I mean, there were a couple occasions where Dirk Cutter had one-on-one meetings with Jameis, and he said, this team, it, it turns out it's not true, what he is about to say, but uh, he said this team is good enough to where you don't have to make throws into those tight windows. Um, it turns out the defense isn't very good uh, until last week against the Jets. <laughs> um but yeah, it and you sh- it showed on the field that um, it's just instinctual for him when he's going down, um, being 
even when he's in a tough situation about to go down for a sack, he still throws it up trying to make a play or he'll throw into triple coverage into Mike Evans. It's just instinctual. I mean, it part, part of it's coaching, but I mean, part of it is, I mean, how long does a quarterback have to throw? A quarterback has what, uh, two and a half, three seconds in the pocket before they have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not all coaching. And, I mean, Tyrod um, making him a uh, Super Bowl competitive quarterback. Uh, it's going to take it's going to take some time, um, even with a new team. So, yeah. do we want to do we want to get into the uh, Thursday night game? Yeah, as long as Zach's still here, Zach. Zach probably fell asleep. No, I'm oh. not. How could I ever fall asleep listening? No, to Zach. Hold on. We didn't even get your analysis. thoughts on this. No, come on, come on. Where where do you stand on this one? Because I have, um, I'm doing a, I'm going to do an article later because you guys inspired me. I'm putting, nice. I'm going to do like a thread on Twitter as well, trying to get some uh, traffic that way. And it pretty much, I'm going to try and break down like the different schools of thought on how people view this. There's like six or seven different ways you can view this. I'm interested in yeah. where you fall on this, Zach. Yeah. So, um. This doesn't shock me as much as other decisions in the past by other teams have, uh, mostly because over the summer this was something that was discussed uh, a little bit, right? Like heading into the summer, uh, Peter uh, Peterman, I think, P- yeah, Peterman. Um, I'm still getting used to his name. Uh, Peterman had a really good preseason. Well, as PFT commenter said, his name literally translates to Wiener Dick Guy. Nice. Uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, so he had a, a pretty impressive preseason, if I can recall correctly. And it seemed like they were going back on back and forth over whether or not they were going to start him over Tyrod. And I think everyone just thought at that time, you know, there's no way you could bench Tyrod for, you know, this fifth-round quarterback out of Pittsburgh, right? So because of that prior discussion, it didn't really come out of nowhere for me specifically because I knew the issue with this offense. I knew that Tyrod, they they were trying to get him to be a pocket passer and he's naturally a mobile quarterback. Um, Here's what I want to discuss briefly uh, before we get into the games. Um, Peterman is this, is the pocket passer that this offense and this offensive system is wanting. And so that satisfies the offensive coordinator. Um, I wonder if they're going to really start to target Kelvin Benjamin now downfield because Tyrod never really took a whole lot of, well, not Kelvin, I'm sorry. So Tyrod took, you know, did a really good job of taking shots downfield, but Benjamin is a really good possession receiver that they can like utilize in the middle of the field. And, you know, an option that would best suit a pocket passer. Tyrod was never really that guy, but we never really saw, you know, Kelvin with uh, Tyrod, so we didn't really know how that would work out. But now that Peterman is in this, you know, offense, I wonder if Kelvin Benjamin is just going to step into being a fantasy wide receiver two slash three, like uh, like almost Jarvis Landry down in Miami is. And then second, um, I wonder how this affects LaShawn McCoy because – I, because, Reed, you made a great point about how defenses would just go, okay, we'll put nine men in the box, and you can't beat us with LaShawn. But if they're going to really spread the ball out more with Peterman, I wonder if this just is great news for uh, Shady. 
I I think his value listen, the past two games have been really bad for Shady. I think his and the upcoming schedule the runs. Sorry to interrupt you. He's had six out of eight of his games were bad. Or seven out of nine. Well, I guess the last two were really I'm just pointing at those two because I guess that's what what's fresh in everybody's minds. He has been underwhelming this season, I agree. I think it's going to be one of those things where the defenses he's going up against for the rest of the season are bad against the run. Like, he goes up against New England twice. He has Kansas City, who at times looks like they can't stop anything on the ground. Uh, Indianapolis, which isn't good against the run. Um, the Chargers yeah, aren't, good ag- aren't good against the run. They are actually not against Cleveland this year oh, okay. for about the first time in forever. Um, they have Miami against the run twice, which, okay, like they're horrific against the run. So I think there are going to be opportunities for him. It'll be interesting to see if maybe – I don't want to say this is going to put a spark in the team and they're just going to take off. But I like um, who's the safety for the Bills? Micah Hyde kept calling uh, Peter Maiden Nathan Favre because he wow. said he said in practice he has that gunslinger mentality and he takes shots down the field and he throws passes that normal defenders would say, wait, he's not seriously going to try this, is he? And he throws a pass and apparently, according to multiple players on the team and other people, other reporters there, he, the ball location is excellent. Um, and I, I guess it's one of those, well, no one ever talks about it. It's a fifth round quarterback. They're not going to sit there. Where did he go to school? He went to Pittsburgh. Okay. Went to Pitt. Um, and I mean, if you go back and watch the draft, if you can, I don't know how long it would take to do this. If you go on like the draft scouts Twitter accounts and just their feed throughout the draft, and then find the time when the Bills take Nate Peterman in the fifth round, and look up the reactions, everything was high praise. There were comparisons to this is Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. This is the Bills just drafted the next Kirk Cousins. The Bills just got the next version of Andy Dalton, who. As much as we make fun of the Red Rifle, he can still throw the ball and play. He's just had some moments where it hasn't been great. No one's accusing him of not being able to throw the football. Um, and I think, I think he could open up the offense a little bit. I, you, uh, as Zach was pointing out, the preseason where Peterman looked really good. Yes, it's the preseason, but it was also one of the things when we were doing our commenter league draft and. I took Zay Jones ahead of Jordan Matthews, and I believe, and somebody started saying, "Why in the world would I ever do that?" And at the point, I said Zay Jones actually looked really good in the preseason, and most of the passes that Zay Jones was catching in the preseason weren't coming from Tyrod, and those passes were from Nate Peterman. And two rookies, rookie quarterback, rookie wideout, they have a rapport throughout uh, the off season. Uh, they went, played at the Senior Bowl together. As far as I'm concerned, I like Zay Jones a lot. He should be back this week, too. And it's going to be a lot of quick passes. I also agree Kelvin Benjamin should see a ton of targets. 
I mean, this is, it's a rookie quarterback. You're going to have to trust your wideouts. And I think just throwing the ball near Kelvin Benjamin is normally a good thing. So I think he, I think it helps out. The person I see it hurting probably is Charles Clay. Not wow. because I don't think he'll see the targets. I just don't think he'll see as many targets as Tyrod was giving him because he was really Tyrod's like linchpin. Mm-hmm. I don't too, think he'll. Also, too, Charles Clay was the huge red zone guy for the start of the season. Now that Benjamin is the, is there, I would assume he will probably be the the first go to in the red zone. Absolutely. So, um, rest of the season. Um, just to make it fantasy perspective, yes. If you're quarterback desperate, rest of the season, would you do Nathan Peterman or Teddy Bridgewater? Peterman. Peterman. Only because I don't, I, you don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to see the field. There's Case talk Keenum. about him starting this week. He won't. They already announced Case Keenum, I believe. Did they today? Yeah, they announced it today that Keenum's your starter. And frankly, so, okay, so I, I don't know why. The last he, I don't know why. I don't know why Keenum wouldn't be the starter. Right. Okay. Case Keenum or Nathan Peterman? Keenum. Keenum. Okay. That one's easy. Uh, Peterman or Kaiser? Peterman. Peterman. Peterman or McCown? McCown. Don't do it. Don't do it, Reed. I'm thinking. I'll say this while you're thinking. Reed makes an excellent, excellent, excellent point about Zay Jones um, with Peterman now because Peterman, you know, and we've seen this happen across the league even this year where, you know, if if the first team offense is playing with each other, you know, that's great. But when the backup steps into the the starting quarterback role, you kind of see the number two receiver emerge simply because, um, you know, snaps with the second team offense i love that call about zay jones now his stock with peterman if honestly i just as a flyer if zay jones is available in your league pick him up okay yeah i agree i'll probably go with mccown but i'm gonna tell you now i think it's a lot closer than people think i again if this is one of those i want to see how peterman does if he puts up all right, let's do a little uh, thought experiment here. I guess it gets some fantasy. They play at the Chargers this week. Chargers are a four-point favorite. What does a, a stat line for Nate Peterman look like? Uh, 185 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I, it would shock me if they let him go crazy in his first game, especially, especially because if you look at the metrics – uh, the Chargers are a run funnel team. Um, they're better in the secondary than they are up front, um, which is why uh, uh, it, Joey Bosa and Melvin, Melvin Ingram. No, but if you, I, I promise you, I can. I, I, dude, I promise you, the Chargers are have like not. Good, hold on, hold on. The Chargers' pass rush is a nightmare for quarterbacks. Yeah, but their run. Hold on, it's the Chargers are sixth against the pass. Uh, per football outsiders, but twenty second against the rush, it would it would shock me if just based off of this matchup, because of this pass rush and secondary play, if they let Peterman go crazy in his first game. I wonder if Lashawn McCoy gets like just upwards of thirty five plus carries. 
Which is I don't see this going well for anyone on the Bills' offense this week. I don't know about passing game just for this game alone. Like it, you know, I'm not saying it would be as extreme as uh, Trubisky in Chicago, but I definitely think that there's going to be some limit on how many times he's going to throw the ball. But you know, I could I could be dead wrong, and if you know if the practice reports really are this is the next Brett Favre, we might be in for something completely different. Um, I'm going to pull up a game here because I want to see what uh, – where are you? Okay, so I'm trying to think. The first game in which Houston let – when which uh, Deshaun Kaiser was your starting quarterback. Uh, where's schedule? Where are you? Come on, that's not – oh, there it is. Okay. Let's pull up the box score. So I guess this is one of those – all right. Box score. Here we go. All right. Deshaun Kaiser was 15 of 24 for 125 yards passing. And then he had five carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. I'm not expecting the five carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. 15 of 24. That's reasonable. For that's okay. That's decent, okay. Actually. So that so that's Houston. They they had uh, Watson throw it 24 times. His first game. I'm going to say that they let Peterman throw it 30 times in the game against the Chargers. I think part of it is if they get down, I you're going to see a lot of throws. I don't think they're going to. They uh, there was talk on the radio about the coaching staff and how they wanted to. They were worried about the balance of the offense, and I know that sounds really weird, right? Like everyone keeps all the meatheads on ESPN they're like. Oh, you want to have a balanced football team. You want to have a balanced football team. John Gruden, balance. Oh, yeah. Okay, John. Um, (laughs) They've run their, like, running plays to passing plays on the season only differ by, like, two. I I don't have the exact number, but they only have, like, two more passing plays than they do running plays on the season. And they're worried that that's that's not good which tells me that they want to throw more. And I guess part of that would be, or part of the, that would partly explain why you go to Peterman, because he's going to take those shots. He's going to start ripping it down the field. It went where Tyrod wouldn't. I think he throws it 30 times. I'm guessing he completes 18 passes. I'll guess 230 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. That's bold. All right. I and the reason I say that is, I think he's gonna th- because you're I think you're th- well, not necessarily. I think I, know, I think shit. the weapons on the Bills are not nearly as bad. And now I'm afraid where Viz is gonna start assaulting me. I don't think the weapons on the Bills are not are nearly as bad as everyone perceives them to be. Are they okay. Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods talented? Probably not, or no. But are they Cleveland Browns receivers bad? No, Definitely. they are not. No, they're are we talking uh, week thirteen Browns receivers? Because that's going to be a pretty good group. Yeah, that actually could be a pretty good group. Also, Corey Coleman, I believe, is playing this week for Cleveland. Oh for- yeah, and then oh, they have that great matchup. I believe they're playing another oh, hosting the Jags. Yeah. 
not going to be a very nice welcome back. No. Um, but we're two weeks away from Josh Gordon. We are. That's the true light at the end of the tunnel. I was able to snag him in two leagues. Um, in a 10-team league and in a 14-team league. Not sure when I'll be able to play him or where I'll be able to play him, but I think I'm probably going to get him into my lineup just out of excitement. <laughs> um, so, yeah, do you guys want to go to the Titans and Steelers? Yes, let's do it, because I have one thing I want to say. I know. Game. You you want to talk about the Titans players. Yes. Yes. Uh, I am pretty high on Mariota, Rashard Matthews, and like as a flex play, Eric Decker this week. Um, what about Corey Davis, the best receiver on the team? Uh, that's bold. Um, I'm not sure yet. I will let you know. He was one fumble away from a pretty good stat line last week. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. starting to get the ball rolling. Re- regardless of individual players, I'm high on this Titans offense. Um, I think the perception out there is that the Pittsburgh secondary is really, really good. And, you know, obviously they are. But they could be missing. um, uh, It's Mike Mitchell and it's the guy from Cleveland. And I'm blanking on his name. It's – help me out here, guys. (laughs) This is embarrassing. I don't know. Pittsburgh secondary. It's it's the – Joe Hayden, sorry, jeez, man, God, that took a while. Wow, oh, I forgot he's still in the league. Um, they're gonna be without yeah, Joe seriously. Hayden and Mitchell, and the secondary, uh, just based off of injuries from Indianapolis. It's a short week. The Titans' offense looked pretty darn good last week, um, especially their running game. Pittsburgh has a really good running defense. It wouldn't shock me if if everything's funneled to the pass. I like Mariota. I like this passing attack. All right, Reed. Yeah, um, mainly because I drafted Mariota in every single league this year. I'm hoping to that Zach is right about being high on Mariota. Um, Pittsburgh, I don't remember if I said it out loud during the podcast last week, but I actually bet on Indy in that game. Um, I, oh, like, I bet I. I bet the money line. I bet the. I bet the money spread. line. No, no, I didn't bet money line. Sorry, okay. I bet the spread. But I actually liked it. I actually thought Indy was going to win that game outright before the game ever started. I'm think, looking at it, thinking, you know, this just feels like a game where Indy is going to win. And I don't think Indy's Indy was as bad as people, i.e., me, were saying in weeks past. And I don't think the Steelers are all that in a bag of potato chips on the. I left. like Jacoby so, Brissett. So do I. And frankly, he might be their starter next year, too, because Andrew Luck going over to Europe for experimental treatment. You want to hear, hear a hot take? You want to hear like a, like a yeah. fire hot take? Andrew yeah. Luck. Andrew Luck might never play a down of football ever again. That's such yeah. a cold take because that's already a, that's already a report. I'm going to tell you that's obvious. I don't think that's that unrealistic. Really? No, absolutely I not. I don't, I think don't he's even consider it that that extreme. They ruined his career. Like Jim Irsay is is the he's the woe owner. Like he's the worst of all time. Like they uh, they, they re- never ate, they yeah. never gave him an offensive line ever. No, I'm just saying. Just in this off season, they he was slowly getting healthier, and they're like, okay, kid, go into training camp, and then he re-aggravated it, and now he's in Europe. Uh, he Elliott. didn't start 
throwing until about week six. Yeah, I he didn't he throw. Was going through his motions. No, in no, 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 no. He had, no. The reports were, it was reported he hadn't thrown a pass since January, and then they start. Th- and then people are saying, look for week week eight for Andrew Luck to come back. He's going to start practicing in week six. And I'm reading these reports, thinking, what the hell are these people looking at? Like, if you haven't thrown a pass since January, and it and we're at week four. Dude, you're not playing by week eight. Like that's not a thing. Like it's just not happening. I, I don't care who you are. That's not happening. And then the reports come out. Oh, he there. He's now not throwing this week. Okay. Well, clearly there was a setback. Mm. Then it's, yeah, you had to get oh, a oh, shot. It's a, yeah. Then it's oh, it's a pain thing. Well, that's not good if it's in your throwing shoulder and you've already had surgery on it and you and haven't you, thrown for nine months. Yes. And now he's in Europe seeking experimental treatment. That is a horrific sign going forward. And I don't know where the bet is or where the place to bet that Andrew Luck is not the starting quarterback of the 2018-2019 or season week one. I would love to play that, though. Yeah. Because I don't think he's starting next year for them. Not because I don't, he's not I don't healthy think... enough. I don't think he's healthy enough. I'm not... I'm not at the point where I'm going to say he's done for the career. I will say that I don't see him starting next year, though. And I, I don't I see, see him, him ever year. playing again for the Colts. That I can get behind as well. Um, I, I hope he does get healthy sometime. And um, I hope that when he is healthy, he gets away from Jim Irsay because he never put an offensive line around him. And he got him torn to shreds for three straight seasons, if not four. I forget how long he's been in the league, but he got him torn to shreds. Um, so yeah, I hope he never plays for Indy again. Uh, Reed, is there anything you wanted to add besides Marcus Mariota? Um, pretty much. I'm going to ask you guys: uh, Demarco Murray or Derrick Henry? Which one actually scores the touchdowns this week? Demarco. DeMarco. So I'm expecting Derrick Henry to put up two touchdowns because anytime everybody has a like an idea of who's going to score in that Tennessee backfield, it's like always the other guy. It's, okay. I like I'll tell you this right now. It is by far the most frustrating backfield in the Ooh. NFL. Uh, yeah. The Ravens' backfield is pretty frustrating. No, I think it's going to get a whole field. lot clearer now. With oh, yeah, with Woodhead back, yeah. Yes. I think Ooh, the Broncos yeah, is pretty frustrating. Yeah, but you shouldn't be owning any Broncos running backs, anyways. Well, if you have CJ Anderson, you don't have much of a choice. Yeah, which I mean, why were you drafting CJ Anderson? Uh, I didn't. I traded for him after he had had a great week one through three. Yeah. Um, can we cover a specific game real quick that I want to talk about? Because sure. I don't think we talked okay, about Okay, Zach. Yeah, it's all about it's all about you, Zach. Um, yeah, uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm blaming Matt because we didn't talk a lot about games so far, uh, but we definitely have a short while yeah. to cover some games. Um, no, it's okay, Matt. It's okay. Uh, don't we got about thirty minutes. Matt, Matt, don't get high pitched. Um, it's that <laughs> strawberry shortcake beer. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually it's pretty de- it's going down pretty decent tonight. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about this Kansas City New York Giants game. All right, as <laughs> – shut wow. up. 
Everyone is... just turned it off and deleted it. <laughs> they they immediately subscribed to the baseball website. Um, so uh, as Reed knows, this line is at like ten and a half for Kansas City, but surprisingly, uh, this game is at a forty four over under uh, for team total. So here's the thing: we already know that uh, Andy Reed is the absolute goat when it comes. Uh, to playing the week after the bye, right? Like he just yeah, has it's any, like eighteen and one or something like yeah, that. Like, of course, his yeah. offenses are just like absolutely clicking. Um, so, so against this Giants team, they're as you know, they're very very bad. Um, I think a lot of people are doubting slash like are on the verge of trading away Kareem Hunt. Um, I think it's a huge Kareem Hunt week. This is yep. a huge Kareem Hunt week. The, like he is my number one. Like he was almost my number one running back this week. Uh, I'm saying sell high after this week on Kareem Hunt. Maybe can like, you? A lot of trade deadlines are this week. Uh, yeah. Here's here's what I, here's what I'm gonna say about Kareem Hunt. Um, yes, this is a good week. Um, this offense is still very run heavy in nature. It always has been. Uh, yeah, but you gotta look at his touches. But but that's just such a random like. If you think about it, like just touchdowns in general are very random. Touches. I did not say touchdowns. Oh, I, I thought touches. you said touchdowns. I thought you said no, touches. I heard, touches. I, I heard touches as well. Okay, well that's on me. Uh, I apologize. That's okay. okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, but I just no get get the fuck off. You misheard me. Get off. Uh, but I mean, I think, but I think the issue with a lot of people is that they're like, you know, where has his touchdown production been? Right. Like, I, I just think that they're going to try like, like how we saw this Los Angeles offense with Sammy Watkins after the bye week, they know what they have with Kareem Hunt. His explosive game against New England isn't a fault. He's a really good running back. I, I think that coming off the bye, I think they're going to address the whole team. And one of the biggest issues with this team is how they've been using Hunt. And I just think that this is a fantastic week for him. Um, and moving forward, I'm not ready to, you know, buy or I'm not ready to sell on him. I think you should, in fact, buy low. I know you talked about maybe selling high after this week. Um, in terms of this specific week, I like Kareem Hunt. Travis Kelsey is like an Adam, like a lock. Uh, against the Giants. Um, I like Alex Smith. I like, uh, I read somewhere and agreed with that Tyreek Hill has actually been more productive on the road than he is at home. Um, and this game will be in New Jersey. I don't mind Eli Manning as a deep sleeper. Uh, do we lose you? What's up? Oh, there you are. I think you cut out a little bit. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little okay. bit. Um, so, look back into the last couple years of, um, gosh, what's his name? <laughs> He's a uh, running back, Jamal Charles. Um, his touches went down significantly um, as the season went along over the last couple of years in his, in, when he was a chief. Um, I think what Andy Reid could possibly be doing is saving his legs for the playoffs. Um, Obviously, real NFL football is not about fantasy football. Um, So I think that um, 
knowing that they're probably going to win the AFC West without much of a problem. Um, they can find other ways to win games. Uh, they're not going to get the one or two seed. Uh, I think Pittsburgh and New England are probably going to get those bye weeks. Um, so I think Andy Reid knows that they're going to settle into the three or four seed, and I don't think he's going to pound the rock with Kareem Hunt too much the rest of the year. Anyone can go. Yeah, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, Zach. No, I was just gonna say I, I think that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think that's some pretty good reasoning. However, I just wonder if we shouldn't be, you know, as panicky as people have been on hunts. What do you think you could get for Kareem Hunt right now? Um, I'm not like in terms of fellow running backs or like wide receivers. Running backs and wide receivers. I mean, for running backs, I think you can get. Uh, I don't know one of the Saints running backs and like a. I would I would trade him for either one do, of them. I would do that in a heart. Well, maybe not straight up, but qualify. definitely like. I need a call. Like I think there's something we have to keep in mind. You have to look at rest of the season schedule, right? Oh yeah. I think it's fair when you're making a trade. Who do the who do the the Chiefs play a bad Giants team this week? Who do they play next week? Does anybody know? Um, I mean, I know. Uh oh, <laughs> go ahead then. They play at home against the Bills. Okay. Now, that's a bad what run defense. Just, that's a horrific run defense in the last two weeks. There's a run defense that gave up over 300 yards on the ground last week and over 200 yards the week before against the Jets. I'm just going to say right now, Kareem Hunt is going to have a monster production two-week stretch here at minimum. And frankly, you need those. This is crunch time. This is this is right now. These two weeks are pretty much what determine the contenders from the pretenders in your fantasy mm-hmm. football leagues. I don't think I trade Kareem Hunt. In fact, if I'm doing this today, I'm probably trying to add him before Sunday's game. And I want to get these next two weeks out of him because they still have divisional games to play. And it's not like I'm look, you look around that division. Are the run defenses really scary in the AFC West? Yeah, no, but here's his um, – here are his – this is his weeks 14 through 16. This is his playoff schedule, right? He's got Kansas. He's got Oakland week 14. He's got the Chargers week 15. And week 16, he has Miami. That's three pretty good matchups. Yeah. Including these next two weeks. I mean, those are five matchups in the last seven weeks of the season. Yeah, and for the I just want to add because I know some people go by this. For the insane people that play Week 17 Championship, he does play against Denver. That's Who hasn't stupid shown? if you play in Week 17. Yeah, that's a re- that's But, but really people, good. I'm just making sure we've got our bases covered. I'm, I'm a company man. Thank you. So I'm just doing my best uh, not to brag or anything. but <laughs> Not to brag. Uh, can I touch quickly before we do like rapid fire game by game breakdown? Can I touch quickly on another exhilarating game? Not really, but I we can actually it. just talk about a few games. We don't have to get into every single game. Okay. So, so whatever <laughs> comes up, comes up. So I just want to say a couple things really quick about the Tampa Bay Miami game. Um, try not to groan. You're but... just picking the worst games. I know. You're picking know. the games that nobody's going to watch. Oh, I'm picking games that... Shut up. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so get these cold takes off. So I went to the Bucks Jets game. Riveting. Humble brag. Humble riveting. Brag. Fifteen to whatever final score. Ten. It was fifteen F- to ten. Fifteen to ten. Zach texts me. He's like, "Oh my god." Uh, <laughs> something about Robbie Anderson. I'm like, I'm watching Red Zone. He's like, I'm at the game. <laughs> yeah, remember uh, last week when I said the Bucks were going to win that game and you guys both laughed at me? Did I? I don't even care what the Bucks do. Okay, here's, yeah, here yeah. are my thoughts from this game and how it applies to the game against Miami. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a perfect game manager for this Tampa Bay team. He did everything that they needed him to do. And it sounds weird, but the Bucks relied on their defense. Um, and I don't know if that translates over to this game against Miami, but the Jets' I offensive think it line... Does. The Jets' think offensive does. line was absolutely god-awful. So the Bucks really had their way with this defense, right? McCown threw a pick, and, you know, the... the I hate to say it, but they, they limited... Um, I th- Bilal Powell to like I think 50 yards on the ground and that was it. Elijah McGuire didn't do jack. Like this Bucks defense came to play. Um, that was mostly because the Jets offensive line was really bad. And I don't know how that translates to the Miami game, but I'll say this. Mike Evans comes back this week, right, against Miami. Fitzpatrick featured uh, D-Jax like a lot in this game. But Fitzpatrick wasn't really impressive. He didn't really do a lot. They played... No shit. Yeah, like, they just... <laughs> I know that's obvious. Like, I, I understand that. But I just want to make it absolutely clear that the Bucks' offense was not really good. <laughs> and... <laughs> and... <laughs> Please go on. And uh, with Mike Evans coming back... I think Mike Evans is definitely a wide... Like, you're not going to bench him, but no. just be aware that this is not the wide receiver one that we have seen before. I um, think if you drafted him, is he's just something you're going to have to live with, I think. You're just going to have uh, to... Yeah, you're starting with, him... With, Fitz, with Fitzpatrick uh, in as quarterback, I mean, no one's going to trade you for Mike Evans. So, basically, what you're going to have to do is you're just going to have to put him in and hope for the best. But, yeah, yeah. this is definitely a bust year for Mike Evans. Um, yeah. In terms of this game itself, I like Kenyon Drake. Um, I like Kenny Stills. And that's my bold call. I think Kenny Stills outproduces Jarvis and uh, Devontae Parker. Jesus Christ. Here's here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning. Oh, okay. Um, Kenny uh, Kenny Stills lines up on the same exact side of the field that uh, Robbie Anderson lined up for. And I understand that it was a garbage time touchdown that Anderson had. Against Brett Brett Grimes. Yeah, but this... Defense, the one weak spot of this Tampa Bay secondary is that side. Besides of the field. all of it, besides all of it, um, so I I think if they're I think just he's a high upside flex play. Um, I like Kenny Stills a lot in this matchup because we liked Robbie Anderson, or at least I liked Robbie Anderson. I did, and so because of that, I think this naturally translates over to a good game from Kenny Stills. Um. You you're not gonna bench Mike Evans. I think you can bench Doug Martin. I don't like. I don't think people were ever starting Doug Martin. But if they were, you're not starting him this week. And then the Miami secondary is most vulnerable uh, in the middle of the field. Um, again, 
not like deep parts of the field, which I think plays to the strength of Fitzpatrick because I don't think Fitzpatrick is taking a lot of shots downfield. Instead, I really like Adam Humphreys this week because, again, these kind of check, not check down, but just dump offs in the middle of the field to the wide receivers is how they beat New York last week. And I think if they're going to beat Miami, that's how they're going to do it. Okay. So I'll talk a little bit. I went back and watched the Bucks game because right. it's just part of who I am and what I have yeah, to do. Yeah, we never really covered that. Why You live in Iowa. Why are you a Bucks fan? I don't even think I know this answer. So I was like eight or nine years old when I first became a Bucks fan. And it's a very irrational reason, but it's carried over to I'm now 29. Uh, what? I became a fan when they switched over to their, their new jerseys with the the like the pewter red with the wow. gold helmets the goat, the goat jerseys wow that's when i switched that's i didn't have Wait, an so, nfl team so my dad year? was a bears fan when i was like eight or nine years old and i hated the bears i hated watching them they always lost i hated the packers i thought all the packers fans at school were super annoying i kind of wanted to stay within the division they were in the nfc central at that time it was called and i was like those jerseys are awesome i like warren sap i like john lynch i like uh ronde barber i'm a bucks fan so what what year was that what year are we talking about like 97 ish oh man okay so yeah okay yeah so yeah i'm i'm pretty since i could put together thoughts wait or like decent thoughts about football i've been a bucks fan decent quote unquote decent uh, no i i actually respect that take uh or that reasoning that's so, not a take that's what happened yeah no not a take <laughs> like i i it's i think it's better than reed's probably explanation for why he's a bills fan he just likes breaking tables i like hot wings i like uh my name is reed cashmanian uh that sounds kind of like kardashian even though it doesn't and uh I'm just gonna. I'm say from it. New York. I'm just gonna say New it. York State. I'm just gonna say, uh, yeah, we are New York's football team, not the Jets, not the Giants. They're East Rutherford, New Jersey. I like breaking tables. Go Bills or go Jack Eichel. Wow, you have the T hole and the read one down like perfectly. Wow, yeah, you pretty much nailed that to a T. I mean, yeah. the only thing you missed is that I'm literally from Buffalo, born and raised. But uh, oh, that, that's like... debatable. That's up for debate. Of all the things that were just said in the last minute, that one is the one that's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> like, like of all the things we're gonna debate whether like, oh, that's that's real or not. The one that where I say I'm born in Buffalo. It's that's on, the, it's on his birth certificate. Is that the one we're hanging our hat on? That's the one where that's the hill we're gonna die on here. Yup, that <laughs> is my battle. I will fight to the death for Matt's reasoning of why he's a Bucks fan based simply off the fact that he liked their jerseys over the fact that you they are were quote, awesome jerseys. That you are quote born in Orchard Park, New York. <laughs> Actually, I'm realistically I'm about five minutes away from Niagara Falls. I'm on the northern side of Buffalo, but close enough. Orchard Park's like a forty five minute drive, just so far away. Yeah, right. But I mean, it actually is, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, that game, I'll be honest, I really don't have much of an opinion. It's a pick'em game. Yeah. So Bucks, I, Bucks, Bucks defense. 
Um, <laughs> I they played way more. They played way more aggressive last week against the Jets. Um, I think they could stand. It. I think they could stand to do that against Miami as well. I think that's what's going to happen. So I was watching the game. This is the last team. game that the Bucks win this year. Ooh, that's bold. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to put this to the test really quick. So I actually don't think I don't think it's that bold. I don't have to even have their schedule. So they play Miami. The rest of it's against the NFC South, basically, and then Detroit and Green Bay. Week twelve, they play against Atlanta. Then at Atlanta, then they play against Green Bay. And then they play against Green Bay. They lose that game, and then they play home against Detroit. Lose that game. Um, they play Monday night at home versus Atlanta. Oh, Loss. that'll be great. That'll be a blowout. Um, then they play at Carolina. Loss. That'll go loss. And then... They, they might not put up six points in that game. And then they nope. play at home versus New Orleans. Loss. That'll be a loss by a thousand. Four, four and twelve. I'll say this. I'll say this. So, again, for those of you that don't know, I was at the game. Uh, <laughs> wait, <laughs> did, you, exactly. did you, you mention Did you mention Did that? you go to the game last week? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I was at the game, and I was... I was sitting next to my well. It was me, my brother, my father, and my friend, and uh, from school. And we were watching. You don't the have game. to tell us where your friends from. And uh, so <laughs> he goes to school. Maybe thirty. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so we're watching the game, and we see uh, Josh McCown throw the interception. And so I look at him, and I go, "Man, now the Bucks are in the red zone." And he goes, "Yeah, but I'll tell you this." Ryan Fitzpatrick is the one quarterback in this league that is the most likely to throw a pick the very next play after his team just picked it off. And guess what happens? That like He threw an interception. He threw an interception. It was wild, and I know I didn't do a great job of telling that story, but it was it was insane. So Riveting. Riveting. Alright, there are two games that I want to talk about before we get out of here. Okay. I got about I can stand about twelve more minutes of both of you. Um, no, nah, it's mostly Zach. Um, Good call. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Fair enough. Like, no, come on, man. It's uh, <laughs> I just really have to go watch TV with my wife. Ooh, um, nice, nice uh, TV, quote unquote. I I know I know the millennial lingo. Netflix yeah. and chill, quote unquote. Ooh, Gen X, and you know the you know the millennial lingo. Uh, ooh, well I well I was born in the year two thousand. I'm. Like, I'm te- that's technically being a millennial. Okay. Uh, Vikings-Rams. Nice. Uh, Reed, why don't you tell us what Game you expect week. from the Rams offense this week? Um, I actually expect this to be a lower-scoring game. I think you're going to see a lot of Todd Gurley. I think it's going to come down to whether the Rams really force the ball to Sammy Watkins. Uh, big criticism in Buffalo was that Sammy Watkins could beat any one-on-one coverage, and it's just a matter of the quarterback trusting Sammy to throw him the ball. Um, I think the Rams will do that. I think Watkins could have success this game. I look for Cooper Cup to get in PPR leagues to do really well. I think Todd Gurley is still going to be the go-to. I'm starting Jared Goff, but I don't feel good about it at all. Um Minnesota's defense is excellent. For Minnesota, I still like everything. They're at home. Keenum looked great last week. 
on the road. I don't expect it to be any different. Minnesota's a two-point favorite at home, so on a neutral field, Rams might as well be a pick game at that point. I feel like I know how you're going to answer this question, but I have to ask anyway. Um, do you uh, think – okay, Adam's, Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs? Thielen. Oh, you went the opposite of what I thought. Okay, Zach, where are you at now? You know where I'm at. Yeah, you've been anti-Diggs from day numero uno. Um, yep. And, yeah, he's a football player. Here's, here's the thing. A lot of last week had to do with the fact that um, Norman... Adam Thielen is better? No. <laughs> stop that. Stop that right now. Um, <laughs> I still believe in terms of just like just talent, I'd take Diggs over Thielen. A lot of last week was the fact I agree. that Brashad Breeland is like the absolute worst cornerback by far on Washington. And there he was just able to pick apart Breeland. It changes week to week based off of coverage, but I don't know the coverage just yet, but blindly I'll take Thielen as a higher floor. Nice. That's However, you know. a lot of last week was the fact that Norman was covering Diggs. I don't know. He he got open a little bit. I don't I don't think Norman is as good as he was two years ago either. That's I don't think he's, that's like the worst take you've ever had behind no, he is not a top five corner. <laughs> yeah, anymore. no, I know, I know. I was saying it, it's he's, like it's obvious. Yeah, he's. I don't. Maybe even. I don't know. Top ten, maybe. Yeah, same with Sherman, right? Sherman, I could. He, he well, goes I back and hurt. forth. It goes back and forth. Well, yeah, um, yeah. You think? Uh, everybody, everybody, uh, everybody, look at me. I, I'm not Bowie. I, even though there's no all right, I stop, in my last stop game. all your head. Stop <laughs> all your head. Um, all right. Last game I want to talk about uh, your Patriots at the oh, Oakland Las Vegas Raiders. Tell us, is Rex Bur- Burkhead going to repeat what he did last week? Zach, uh, it's your team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of what Josh McDaniels was able to do last week was purely based off of where the Denver Broncos defense funnels their production to the running backs and to the tight ends. What's with you and funneling? Because it's like, it's a really good, just... Man, just wait till you get to college. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Um, No, but I think specifically the weaknesses of the Denver Broncos defense was to the tight ends and running back positions. So, that sounded like a motorcycle in Buffalo. Yeah, it was a motorcycle. It wasn't in Buffalo. Wasn't in Buffalo. But I'm, I'm that was in Tampa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was in the distance. Are you kidding me? It's like twenty fucking degrees outside. You think there's gonna be a motorcycle out here, right uh, now? Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there it is. All right. And, anyway, um, against this defense, I would assume. I'm I'm higher on Cooks and just the the receivers than I am for the running backs. This is still a pretty ugly running back by committee on the ground. Through the air, I like Burkhead as a PPR flyer every single week. But I don't know if I'm if I think he can replicate his production this week because I wonder if they just keep it on the ground with Lewis. Okay. If I'm 
whole, um, if I'm a Rex Burkhead and James White owner, who am I starting? I think Burkhead. <sighs> That's tough. I think Burkhead because he's been. If Hogan's out, I think it's Burkhead. Sure, I like that point. I also like the fact that Burkhead's just been more efficient with the targets that he's that he's given. Yeah, he's one of the top three efficient players within his snaps or touches yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and you know, people out there listening might think to themselves, "Yeah, but James White, you know, found the end zone last week." While that's true, so did Burkhead. So did Burkhead, but. When this game was competitive and not a complete blowout, Burkhead was like just on the field more by far than White was. He's taken first and second He's, down snaps. Yeah, with Deion Lewis, while James White is strictly only out there on third down. Which is why I would ha- I would lean towards Burkhead moving forward. Okay, and Reed, before we get out of here, we have time for one more game. I'm going to let you pick it and let you talk about it. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, We're going to go to the Sunday night game. Uh, Philadelphia at Dallas because, heaven forbids, we we need more Dallas in primetime games. Um, I haven't seen enough of them. Honestly, if they spent an entire year just putting the Sunday (laughs) night and Monday night games with not Dallas, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and New England, or got into another fucking Dallas and Giants game. This or Denver the, or the is... Giants. They would do the league in terms of popularity a tremendous service. First of all, people are still gonna watch those games. And you increase exposure for the other players. Like if I'm a if I'm the players association, I'm looking to get those other teams involved. Because that increases those players' value. I disagree. I'm going to stop you for one second. It's week 11. They should be able to flex games at this point. Because I think it starts in week 13. Where no, they start. actually, that rule changed. They've been able to start flexing since like week 6. Why is the Rams and Vikings game not the Sunday night game? Because it's Eagles-Cowboys. And also, each network is allowed to protect a game. And Fair. I'm going to go out on a limb. Yeah, no kidding. And say that the that Fox actually protected that game. Ooh, I want to I want to <laughs> offer I want to offer something really quick. First off, I think um, we we thought Elliot was going to play this game, obviously. So that would make this game. Oh, by the way, he uh, he for he for went up. or he gave up. He gave up. So he's serving all six games. Um, and then just a counterpoint, what I think, so I understand that there's a complaint that it's the same teams for Sunday night and which is of course really quick. Like that's the issue with hockey, right? Cause every Wednesday night rivalry is like the same five teams of like St. Louis, Boston, New York, Pittsburgh, Chicago, right? Yeah. So, but we call them idiots for doing that. Rightfully so. We rightfully call them idiots for doing that. Yeah, but here, here's the thing, though. Monday Night Football is pretty random when it comes to scheduling. Um, yeah, they're just doing their best in fucking April yeah. before even the draft. Or, yeah, and like, also right too, around the draft. And also, too, Thursday Night Football is really random. So, I, I think... That's the same randomness as Monday and, Night. And I, but here's the thing, though. Everyone complains that um, it's the same teams and... 
you know, Sunday night. But then we get the variation and the variety of the Thursday night, and then everyone complains that the games suck. You know what I mean? Thursday night football, here's my recommendation. Strictly divisional games. Because divisional games are more competitive just by nature. Yeah. I think that's your best chance yeah, at but they, guessing. But they, but they have done divisional with like Jacksonville, Tennessee, and then everyone's complaining that it's Jacksonville, Tennessee. Or, or maybe, and I'm just going to throw this out there why the Thursday night games have traditionally sucked, maybe have a bye week before that game. <laughs> right. I, like, yeah. Like, I feel like there's such an underrated value to you're having these players go out and like try and kill each other on Sunday. Then give them three days of rest to go out and do it again. No, they're practicing the next day. Well, and when I say rest, I mean not, like, killing each other. Oh, right, right, right. Like, playing in an actual game. There's only three days in between those games. Like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday you're playing again. Look, what is that? Like, that's yeah, imagine, imagine you're Le'Veon Bell and you just played, like, three days ago and you have to play tomorrow. Yeah, that's trash. Yeah, I agree. All right, Reed, before we get out of here, Cowboys, Eagles, what do you like? What don't you like? Uh, I like every single thing involved in Philadelphia. Ah, uh, that's right. You said on Twitter. Um, I'm going to put it this way. The Dallas Cowboys defense, there's two of them. There's an actually competent defense when Sean Lee is in the lineup, and then there is the Dallas Cowboys defense when Sean Lee is not in the lineup. And the Eagles have the pleasure – of playing the Dallas Cowboys defense without Sean Lee. Sean Lee is the only thing that makes this Cowboys defense competent. And when he's missing, it is, it's a clown fiesta out there. They have no idea what they're doing. Apparently that terminology, apparently he's the only one who knows anything about the defensive playbook. And he, and he instructs every single defender to go exactly where they need to. You know, I thought Anthony Hitchens was actually going to break out last year, and it's just never happened. No, and it's not going to happen this week. The Eagles are they're going to put up the totals at 49. Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, I, I think Philadelphia is just going to have a field day. Mm-hmm. I, I think you start both Ajayi and Blunt because I think it's going to get that bad. I like um, that. I like that a lot. I are you think, starting Nelson Aguilar? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm starting I like. Aguilar, I'm starting Jeffrey. Yeah, I like. You that. obviously are starting Wentz. I think Wentz is going to be top three quarterback this week. I have I have him ranked as my number one quarterback this week. I have a question for you, Reed. Yes. Why do you think that we're not automatically wanting to start Corey Clement in fantasy lineups? Or what do you think about him moving forward? Are you aware that JHI plays for the Eagles now? Well, yes, but I, no, I like I understand that, but I don't think. But we've seen this dude can be very, very productive on passing downs and in PPR leagues. Like I, I think just, it's like a, I, think I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be on the. I just I don't, don't think, think he's going to see. Here's the stats. thing, I don't think they're going to get into too many third downs. Like, I'm telling you right now, if they run the ball on first down with Ajayi or Blunt, they're going to get, like, six yards. Then on second down, I expect them to convert it or to get to a third and one. And at which point, are you putting Corey Clement? No, you're putting Blunt. In the, 
Yeah. So there's not going to, I don't see them getting in too many third and longs. I think that they're just going to, I think they're going to run over Dallas. And then I think they're going to throw all over Dallas. I think they're going to embarrass Dallas. Moving forward, why we don't roster Clement. Or why we don't give him more credit. Because, like, hold on. Keep talking while I just really quickly pull up his logs. Well, I'm I'm thinking it's also name recognition, right? Like, how many times are we playing? Like, if, if if you're owning Oakland running backs... We know that Marshawn Lynch is going to see the touches, and he was drafted well before Jalen Richard or DeAndre Washington. No, is that the right one? Yeah, Maybe. Richard and Washington. That was yes. Yeah, when Lynch was uh... and when Lynch was taken in like the fourth round in most right. uh, in most uh, drafts. But we yeah, know that those uh... other two guys are more talented. Yeah, no, that's a, but... that's a good point. That's a good point. So it's one. It's like it's a rain. It's a name recognition thing. Why we don't give Clement more credit? I haven't seen enough of him to be like he should be seeing the touches over Jai and Blunt, because I've seen Blunt just run the fuck over people. Yeah, and Blunt's I been know low that, key really good this year. Yes. Yeah. Every time I see him touch the ball, he's getting five to seven yards. That's not how it started though. You know. Um. I find the first game the he scored a touchdown. First two games he scored a touchdown, um, and then he started gaining actual yards. Okay. So I mean, I don't understand why they trade for Ajayi, but I mean, it's probably get, it's going to help them. Yeah, and I guess um, Zach Ertz. There's a question about whether he's going to play or not. I heard he's he playing. Sh- he should play. Um, we'll see. I don't even think it'll matter. Uh, as for Dallas, Rod Smith, it, it's it's all gonna come down to him. No, I'm I'm sorry. No, I thought you were talking no, about Tyron the, Smith. It's yeah. whether Tyron Smith. This entire offense is gonna. It's it's not about Zeke at this point. It's just about Smith at the line. There's no reason Adrian Claiborne should ever get six sacks. He ever. had a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar game. That day, yeah, yep, just insane. That was insane. Yep, two more, and then it's a one point two five, a one point two five. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. There's no, you know what that is. Adrian Clay, Adrian Claiborne's a good football player, but that's all he is. Like he is not a Khalil Mack edge rusher. Like he is just fine. Can I can I say something about Claiborne's bonus? You know, you know what kind of money that is, right? What kind of money that's, is it? That's Gray Albright kind of money. That's Gray Albright kind of money. Can you confirm this? No, but just purely based off of speculation that the man had, like, Game 1 World Series tickets, <laughs> I can probably I can probably estimate that he has Claiborne money. God, I wish Seat, Be- Seat Geek was our, uh, was our sponsor. I could totally spend that into a Seat Geek thing. Um, oh yeah, yeah. All right, we had we had them last year for hockey. We yeah. had tons of transition. Al was so bad at them, and that I was like, "Well, hold on, let's spin this. Let's spin <laughs> that shit." It was perfect. Yeah. But anyways, um, otherwise for Dallas, I honestly I don't like any of the running backs. Reg- regardless, I think regardless, I I don't like any of it. 
Dak Prescott, I'm not sold on it this week either. I'm not sold on Des Bryant going up against the Eagles. I don't like anything about this Dallas offense. And I think Zeke was really important to how they produced, and it's going to hurt. And also, this is what I said was going to happen. He was going he was going to have to serve the suspension. This Dallas team was not going to make the playoffs. And now I feel like all they did was just ruin it like hurt them. It hurt fantasy owners more this way. Yeah. So way to go, Zeke. Way to go, Zeke. That's how we're gonna end the show tonight. Way yep. to go, Zeke. All right, Reed. Why don't you give us your Twitter handle? It's uh Reed Cash seventeen R E I D Cash with a K seventeen. Cash. Look forward to Reed's uh, ambulance chasers article. I think that's coming out yeah, tomorrow. I had, yeah, I had a bye week last week. It'll be out tomorrow. Okay, and then uh, also uh, pending if Jay lets him, he'll probably do a Buffalo piece, which I'm sure he will, and that'll be an interesting read, even though you just heard 45 minutes of it. Um, Zach, why don't you give us your Twitter handle? <laughs> you guys can follow me on Twitter at rasball underscore Zach. And you can find me on Twitter at Razball underscore MB. And also, quick plug for myself, which I haven't done all season, but you wouldn't know this unless you followed me on Twitter. You can catch me on Spador on Sports on Saturday mornings at 9, 12 Eastern. I talk uh, football with Pete Spadora for about a half hour. Um, go ahead and check your affiliates. Um, and I always post it on Twitter, so follow me on Twitter if you want to find that. And I think that's all that we have for you this week. Enjoy your week 11.